This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 569, with Shannon Siriano-Greenwood. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 569. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Founder, leader, and community builder Shannon Siriano-Greenwood knows the benefit of building her network with meaningful relationships over bountiful connections. As the CEO of the Rebel brand, her work supports working women in creating meaningful connections that support them both professionally and personally. Women network differently, and quite frankly, most of us hate networking altogether. But now more than ever, we recognize that having a supportive community is a vital human need. Rebel brings together women who are building their wolf pack, as defined by Abby Wambach, a crew of brave and honest women to support you. I loved this conversation with Shannon. I loved talking about gathering and like, let's, what does it feel like to gather now? We are in desperate need. But I also love talking to her about her experience in motherhood and kind of what got her to this point of supporting women in gathering. So listen in to hear Shannon share her journey into motherhood, experiencing anxiety and depression from the day her first child was born. She shares her two-year journey to finally being diagnosed with postpartum depression and the pervasive inner dialogue of her ongoing anxiety and depression. She talks about her aha moment sitting in the pediatrician's office sobbing for no reason when her little one was just teeny tiny. 
She shares the differences in how postpartum depression showed up for her after her firstborn versus her second child. She talks about her life-changing, potentially life-saving decision to get on medication and how it's impacted the last three years of her life. And then we dig into the role of shame in moms keeping quiet about the truth around their mental health. We talk about the importance of finding various friend groups and social circles to meet your various needs in order to thrive. And we talk about why connection with new people, especially new people who are different than you, is so important. And then lastly, Shannon shares her perspective on what connection and gatherings are going to look like as we transition out of this pandemic. So many goodies in this conversation. I'm so grateful to Shannon for her transparency and her vulnerability. I know you're going to learn a thing or two, and I think that you're going to understand more deeply your need for connection and how you can start to cultivate that. So with all that said, let's welcome Shannon to the Shameless Mom Academy. Shannon, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh, I'm excited to be here. We, in our pre-interview, determined that we know a few people in common, which means that I already know I adore you, like, to the end of the earth. (laughs) Right. When you know, like, the people between are good people, then, like, it doesn't matter who you introduce me to. Like, it's already we're in. Totally. So now we have to give shout outs to Angie Trueblood and Rachel Cook, because those are the main connections. (laughs) Gems. Total gems. Thank you for being the connector of new relationships. Such good stuff. So Shannon, I want to know beyond your bio, tell us a little bit about the dynamics of your personal and professional life right now and what you're most excited about. So beyond the bio, oh gosh, I haven't read my bio in a while. So what does it even (laughs) say? But amazing. Oh, okay, good. Yes. (laughs) I knew I paid someone to write nice things about me. Okay. So, I mean, I'm a mom. I have two boys, four and six. I am no longer a facilitator of virtual learning. Thank you. It is over. (laughs) And yeah, I live in Richmond, Virginia, and I get to hang out with awesome women doing cool stuff all the time. So professionally, it says I'm the founder and CEO of Rebel, but Really what that means, yes, is that I just get to talk to, interview, brain pick, really amazing women leaders all day, every day. And so that's what I'm most excited about, that I get to keep doing that. And I'm going to probably see some people in the flesh, which is double exciting. What um, is this world where we get to meet in person? It's I don't very, know. It's, it's weird. I, you know, it's both, right? I'm both totally excited and a little bit terrified because I have the tendency to like go all in on stuff. Mm. And I really have to prioritize my naps because <laughs> right. I love taking naps. And like, I don't want to lose that. Like pandemic, my nap game was strong and I really need to keep that going. Are your kids still future. nap age? No, but luckily they're chill enough that like I can disappear for an hour and my house hasn't gotten burned down yet. So, oh my gosh, on that, my son napped until six and I was like, I mean, it it was ridiculous. And I was very concerned about my relaxation rest slash nap time when he finally went to kindergarten, Yeah, like weren't going to be a thing anymore. And I was like, what am I going to do? Like, when am I going to watch Real Housewives for like seven minutes before I fall asleep every day at three o'clock? Right. (laughs) No, I was playing Candy Crush to fall asleep. And now I play a word cross game. So I'm glad that I'm not the only one that has like the (laughs) phone wind down until I pass out unconscious for a nap. Yes. 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 Totally. Oh my goodness. I love it. I had a friend a few years ago say, she's like, I feel like I'm 
a really bad mom and like something's wrong with me. And she had older kids. They were maybe like, I mean, not older, older, but like seven and nine or something. And she's like, I still take a nap every day while my kids are at school. And she's like, I'm like super embarrassed to admit it. And I was like, you need to be bragging about that. (laughs) No, that is goals. That is literal goals. Well, and I was trying to explain it to my husband. I'm like, I have two jobs. Like I have my actual job and then I have my other job taking care of y'all. So Mm -hmm. if I don't get a nap in between those two jobs, no one is going to want to be around me. Right. So I'm doing this for you. Really. Right. It's a favor. That's what it's I'm doing. Community You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about postpartum depression, like aside yes. from napping and yes. all things fun and delightful. I know you had this, an experience with postpartum depression, and this is something that is more and more commonly being spoken about, but what I've learned, and we've talked about postpartum depression in various ways on this show is it can look like so many things and show up in so many ways. And be managed in so many ways. And so I'm really curious to hear your story. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience? For sure. And honestly, I do love talking about this because I wish that I heard people talking about it so that I could look for the flags when I was experiencing this. So I experienced depression and anxiety like the moment my first child was born. Did you experience that prior to having your firstborn? So I did, but I didn't know that's what it Mm, was. Okay. So, and that's why it took me over a year, almost two years to actually get a diagnosis Okay. because I just thought I ruined my life. I was just really sad. I couldn't figure out how to navigate things. I would get overwhelmed super easy. I was having crazy anxiety of like fears that don't really make logical sense. I was walking around my neighborhood just hoping that a car would hit me. I wasn't quite suicidal, but that's like on the verge of suicidal. Like I wasn't ready to do something to hurt myself, but I was like hoping that something would happen. Mm. And it was a bunch of things, right? It was hormones. It was that I had experienced depression and anxiety without realizing it earlier in my life. It was lack of sleep. It was identity crisis. It was all those things. But I am like a really strong, capable person. So around me, nobody really knew that I was like having this internal dialogue. And I just thought I'm a bad mother and I'm just failing and I'm ruining everyone's life who is around me. This was the inner dialogue that was going in my brain 24 hours a day. Oh my gosh, that's and so relatable. That like, that like strong person facade where people yeah. are like, you're doing it all. And you're like, uh-huh, yeah. sure. And you go home, you're yeah. like, I'm not doing a damn thing. <laughs> Literally nothing. And I just, the inner dialogue is so pervasive and yeah. so tricky that you don't really recognize that it's going all the way to the dark side until someone can like snap you back out. Yeah. So it's funny, the way that I actually even realized that something was wrong is I was taking my baby. He was like almost to the pediatrician for a regular checkup. He wasn't sick. Nothing was wrong with him. He was in the car seat. We were waiting in the waiting room. And I was just openly sobbing, just Mm -hmm. like crying in the middle of this waiting room. No one said a thing to me. But then I had this epiphany of like, wait a minute. I've never seen anybody else crying like this in public. Like, that's not something I'd ever seen. Like, that's weird. Why am I doing it? And that was this label of like, oh, something is wrong. So I tried to get in to see a therapist and that was really hard. 
like therapy, I think is much more accessible now than it was during that time. I was on multiple wait lists. I even called my OBGYN and they're like, yeah, I mean, we'll put you on the list, but I don't know when someone will call you. So fortunately, it only took a couple of weeks and I was able to see a therapist who was immediately like, I need to see you every week. I need touch bases in between. Like, are you actually suicidal? Like, do I need mm. to have you inpatient? I mean, her mm. alarm at my condition was then that much more of like validation of like, oh, okay. It's not just me thinking I ruined my life. Like this person is concerned for my health. And did safety. that feel good? Was that validation? Oh, did that amazing? That yeah, I would imagine. I mean, like that's hard to hear. But also I was recently diagnosed with PTSD and anxiety and I was like, thank God. Oh my God. Like I feel, right. I've never felt so seen in my life. <laughs> and Correct. I did not, I mean, I knew I, I had anxiety didn't surprise me, but like PTSD, and right. I, it was, and I did a podcast episode about it, but I was like, it sounds ridiculous, but I'm like so excited about this. Like, let me oh, tell you. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it's that thing of you're suffering and you don't know why. And then someone's right. like, here's why. And you're like, right. ah, that's amazing. And it's funny. So now I am really vocal about my experience and I talk about it as often as I can. I still share about it on social media every once in a while. And it's mind blowing how many people then come to me either in my DMs or they're sending me texts. I've had phone conversations with multiple like sisters of friends of mine that they're like, they're really suffering and struggling. I don't know how to help them. They won't listen to me. Can you call them? And I will literally call these women that I don't know and be like, tell me about what you're saying to yourself. Like, tell me about what's going on. I'll be like, yep, like you need to see a doctor. Like, you're not a bad mom. You aren't doing anything wrong. Like you need to talk to someone. And so I feel lucky that that's now like a gift that I get to give back to other women that are struggling. But yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting you had mentioned that, you know, everyone kind of comes to this in a different way and there's different ways to talk about it and different ways to support. In the beginning, I was like, I need to fix myself. Like, this is my problem. This is my fault. I need to figure out the fix. I need to find the solution. So I wasn't even open to like talking to someone or God forbid, taking medication. That was like not on my radar at all. And then what happened after I finally get this therapist and she's like, I think you're struggling with this. I'm like, okay, let's figure out how to work through that. And then I got pregnant again. Oh my goodness. So I went from like the death. It sounds like of... unexpectedly pregnant again. Correct. Yes. Okay. Because I had not had a period to my knowledge since my first child was born. Okay. So the pregnancy was a big surprise. And then the weirdest thing that happened, though, is somebody flicked my light switch back on and I wasn't depressed anymore. So my hormones must have done something that then it was literally like I had been in the dark for two years and someone turned a light switch on. Wow. So that was crazy. But going through pregnancy a second time, I'm like, I don't want this to happen again. Like, yeah. I feel very fortunate that I feel better, but I'm not going to operate under the assumption that I'm going to feel better forever. Like, right. that's not this jam. So the second baby, I was like, I'm meeting with this therapist. I'm meeting with this doctor. I need this person to check in on me on this. I need to build in support around me to look out for the red flags because I know when I'm in it, I can't see it. Yes. That's such a good point. And when you're in it and you can't see it, the self-talk, it like doesn't allow you to see it. 
Correct. It's that pervasive inner dialogue where you're like, no, it's, I'm totally fine. It's fine. I'm totally fine. Everyone feels this way. Like it just like yep. spins. It's no good, which I didn't really have a supportive community before I had my first baby because I was independent and I could do it all. Mm-hmm. But the second time I'm like, no, I literally cannot do it all. <laughs> like I need help. I need to ask for help. I need to figure out what help I need so that when, if I'm in this place again, things can be different. Yeah. Yeah. So what kinds of with things the second line up? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about kind of like how it sounds like you were proactive in that pregnancy to put things in place for when the baby was born? Yeah. So baby number two is born and I'm like, you know, in pain, obviously, because having a child is no fun physically, <laughs> but I felt great. I was still tired. I was still depleted. I was still the normal things that you are after you have a child, but I wasn't depressed mm. until almost to the day one year after he was born until like you right you beat everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> so right around his first birthday, things started to get dark again. And I went to my therapist for a monthly check-in and she was like, Shannon, you have postpartum depression. And I was like, what? I was like, no, he's a year. Like he's not a baby. That's not a thing. And she's like, yes, it is a thing. Yes. You're experiencing this. And I really want you to talk about medication. Mm. And at that point I was like, fine, uh, literally I will do whatever. I'm not going to suffer for two years and essentially miss the beginning of my child's life because I am on the struggle bus. And so I started taking Lexapro and did you do medication? Days, you never did medication with your first one? Never before okay. three days after she said that I'm on Lexapro and I'm feeling like a billion dollars. Mm, amazing. So, Amazing. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat 
chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS. S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S. AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So talk about medication and the role of... it's. I Like before we go into that, I have to share this story because I think this is maybe you can relate to this as someone who has it all together all the time. Totally. So I was in a conversation with a girlfriend a couple of years ago who was pretty visibly depressed and was really like in the same space of like, but I have really great tools and I know how to use my tools. So I'm just going to use my tools harder and I can do this more and like meditate more and exercise more. And like, it's fine. I'll do 18 things every morning. And we were all, there was a few of us talking with her. We're like, it's not working though. Like you should talk to a doctor. And we finally convinced her. And we were like, what if you could feel way better? Like, what if you could take a pill and feel better? And that worked for you. And she's like, no, no, no. Like I have these tools. And it's like this armor of like, I can do this by myself. And yeah. she talked to the doctor. The doctor's like, the doctor's like, yeah, you definitely need medication. Like there's, this isn't like a maybe situation. Like we need to do a yeah. medication trial for three months. Let's just see what happens. And she very quickly felt so much better. And it was again, you know, we were with her three months after that. And we were like, what if we were in the same place? Like, what if you hadn't decided to do that? And I think that it's easy as an outsider. It was easy for me to say like, Hey, I'd recommend you go see a doctor and get on some meds. That was such a huge and scary step for her. But then it was so life-changing and just allowed her to see things so differently. And I think that that sometimes can be really, really scary. Having seen that though, when I went to go get to a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. to get a diagnosis, the psychiatrist was like, well, we could start with some mindfulness meditation. And I was like, no, thank you. I'd like drugs. Yeah, man. (laughs) Oh, good for you. I've been working on myself. Like I know how to do all the things. I do them already. I teach them. I do them. I've been doing this for 37 years. Like I would like a medication trial. And he was like, oh, okay. Like we can do that. So I think that like, let's just destigmatize medication. And, but that doesn't make it not scary. I was also like, what's going to happen? This is weird. Like, well, it wasn't without hesitation. This might be TMI, but I like in my youth did a lot of drugs like for fun. 
And so it is very bizarre to me why all of a sudden as an adult, I'm like <gasps> this like totally approved medical, like vetted, tested thing is like, oh, I don't know if I should do that. I'm yeah. like, I wasn't thinking about that when I was smoking a pack of cigarettes like right. every day of my 21 year old self, like dragging myself out of bed at like 4 p.m. after being at the bar to like three. So right. it right. is funny how as we age, we're like, oh, no, that's dangerous. And you're yeah. like, what? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I love it. Like Lexapro literally changed my life. And I try to talk about that openly, too, because I do realize there's the stigma. And right. I think a lot of us come from like, but I'm really strong and I'm really capable and I can figure this out. And there's just some things that like, why waste your time figuring that out when you can just order a pizza to have delivered to your house? Like why grow the wheat and all of the things in the backyard when you can just call the number? And I think that's like the same way I feel about medication. Like, yes, I have a mindfulness practice. I've done so much work to try to change how I relate to stress in my life. And I'm really grateful that I did all those things. However, that's not enough. And it's not enough also because it puts all this pressure on me to like show up perfectly so that I don't want to get hit by a car. Like that's not how this works. I remember I was in a mindfulness class through my therapist's office and we had all this crazy homework that we had to do. It was like meditate for 40 minutes and these journaling things. And like my, you know, compulsive, like do good as a student was like raging. And I could not get all this homework done for these classes. And I remember being in this. This is why you had two small children. Right. Literally. Okay. So I'm showing up in the session. I'm like almost in tears. Like I just couldn't do 40 minutes and I don't do that. And this like older woman is sitting across me. She's like, you have two kids. Why are you even here? And I was like, oh, yeah. Why am I here? Oh, because I'm like so committed to doing the work. Like I'm not a person that's looking for an easy out, but also why not take an easy out once in a damn while? Like, absolutely. So how long have you been on medication and what is your relationship with medication? Like after having been on it a while? Yeah. So I have been on medication. So if my youngest is for three years. And at the beginning of the pandemic, well, I guess like a few months into the pandemic, I actually upped my dose. Mm -hmm. I was having all of these crazy symptoms. My elbows were breaking out in this weird rash. My tongue was swelling up. My belly was bloating Mm -hmm. up. I was absolutely exhausted. I went to the doc. I had to get a COVID test to go to the doctor and I go to the doctor and she's like, yeah, you are stressed to the max. There's a global pandemic. Yeah. She's like, maybe we should up your meds. And I'm like, oh, right. Maybe. (laughs) So I did. And man, am I glad that I did that. So following that, I felt much better, much more able to just make clear decisions, which I think that's a piece of this pandemic that a lot of people didn't realize is how many decisions mothers had to make all of a sudden on top of the millions yes. of decisions we already had to make. Yeah. And so I was essentially having like decision fatigue to like protect oh my, my family from perishing basically. Right. And like so, no one 
box decision fatigue. Let me tell you mothers, like in just on a normal circumstance. Correct. Right. Like I was already at my max and then you like doubled it. And so I had to double my dose and I did. And I am so grateful that that was available to me and Mm -hmm. so grateful that I have a medication that works for me with minimal side effects, which is not everyone's experience. So I feel awesome that I'm able to do what I can do. And I absolutely consider medication a big piece of why I'm able to do that. Yeah. You referenced not having a support system before your firstborn because you could do it all and you thought you could do it all. And you also, because you thought that and conveyed that through, you know, verbally and not verbally, I'm sure other people didn't rally around you, I'm guessing. And I think that's really true for so many women. So why do you think women or moms don't talk to other moms or even their family and friends about their mental health? Add on to this, that when I shared with friends about being diagnosed and being on medication, people who I'm really close to, who I felt like owed me this information (laughs) had not Mm. told me that they were on medication. And I was like, wait, what? Like we see each other and talk to each other all the time. We text daily. And you didn't tell me you started medication six months ago. So I'm curious your thought around like, why are we not talking about these things? I mean, shame, which Mm -hmm. seems so silly. And I don't even know where we got it from. Like, I think there's that, oh, the story that I like hate that I want to like throat punch people when they talk about it of like women used to give birth in the field and then stand up and plow the crop. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. that actually never happened. (laughs) So there's all these stories about, you know, how we are supposed to mother, how we are supposed to feel the hardships that we're supposed to be able to go through. And I always come back with the like, Well, I mean, in the time that you're talking about, most women died in childbirth. So like, okay, mortality, (laughs) maternal mortality. Right. So this like great time when women were so strong, it's because like only the strongest survived. The rest of them literally died. And so I think there's just really a total misunderstanding of the experience, both physically, mentally, spiritually, all of those things that you will go through when you have a child. And You've got to have that like one friend like you and I that's like willing to, you know, dish all of our stuff and then you feel more comfortable to do so. But not all women have close friends who are willing to do that. So I think that's why it's even more important now that people like us are willing to share our experience and people can look at us and be like, oh, well, they're like not aliens from another planet. Maybe this is normal. But, you know, shame hides all of the hard parts that we really need support to get through. So you got to get through that if you want to have the support on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. And we started talking about this earlier. So when your second son was born and since then, how have you gotten women around you and friends around you? And like, what does that look like as it's evolved over time so that you do have those places where you are not being the person that can do it all and you're having conversations around that? Yeah. Well, I'm in a, you know, very privileged position that in the beginning, it was basically hiring people around me. You know, I paid my therapist, I paid the doctor, I paid the nanny. I, you know, had to pay people to help me because I didn't have family close by that could help me at home when I was juggling two children. My husband worked full time. I worked full time. So, There was just no extra space for us to support each other. And part of how that's evolved over time is me essentially having to take steps 
back as far as how much I can work because of how much I'm doing raising children, which at times I'm resentful of. And at times I'm like so grateful about, but those were like the functional, like I need someone to watch my children so I can take a shower, right? Those kind of support. As I've gone along, I've realized like, yes, that I need, but I need other types of support too. I need friends and confidants. I need people that I can talk to when I'm feeling X, Y, Z, whether that's lonely or frustrated or happy. My relationship with my family has changed just as it is of like, I now know who I can use for what things I need, right? Mm -hmm. Not everyone in my family is available and able to pick my kids up or do things with them, but they can support in other ways. And I try to tap them as much as I can. You know, I have an interesting friend group. There's seven of us that are really close and have become even closer through the pandemic times, but only two of us have children and the rest are childless. It's very interesting. So it's actually really great because I also have friends that are moms that I can talk about my kids with, but it's really nice having friends that I don't have to always talk about kids with. Mm, Yeah. So realizing too, like, what do I need? Like I need professional stimulation and problems to solve. I need friends that I can talk about with personal stuff. I need my mom friends that I can complain about my husband with. I need all different kinds of people in my life to support me in the ways that I need. And I had to be really intentional about that because I'm also a person that doesn't have a lot of time. So dating friends is just as intense as dating a spouse. And you do have to put yourself in places where you can meet other people for that to even happen. Absolutely. I love that. I think the distinction is so important that having different people that we rely on for different things. And while yes, it's so valuable to have those friends that you can vent about kids stuff with. Like for me, it's having entrepreneur friends who can vent about business stuff. And when I go out with my friends who all work corporate, I'm like completely fascinated and also completely confused because I'm like, what is this world that you're speaking of? <laughs> because I'm not you're like, you have to answer the phone when someone calls you. Yes, Weird. You have a boss. I don't ever do that. <laughs> like you have a boss <laughs> and you can't be sassy to them and tell them you're not going to do something. So it's really important to have like the mom friends and for me to have entrepreneurial friends. And then even like subcategories of like my podcaster friends and mm-hmm. that all absolutely takes time. And when I look back at how that's happened. Some of it's been organic and some of it's been very intentional. But when I look back at that over the last five years or so, oh my goodness, like these are the things that keep a person thriving and sometimes not thriving, but like if you at least create yeah. opportunity to thrive at times. And that's really, really essential. Like one person can't do all those things or be all those things. And I've learned that with other friends as well. I have a good friend who's a lawyer and has a special a child with special needs. And for her, it's like to be able to have a parent group that is other parents with children of special needs. And then like her legal friends who can speak that language and talk about court Mm -hmm. and, you know, so it's really important. And I think that we don't think it through sometimes to that extent or realize how that can fill our cup to have those different pockets. For sure. I mean, we don't prioritize relationships and community in the same way the generations before us did because it's not as vital to survival, but I'm not interested in survival. (laughs) I would like to actually enjoy living. Yes. Yes. I need more. (laughs) 
Mamas, before we move on, I want to remind you that today is the last day to sign up for Momentum Mamas. So we have enrollment open just through today, Wednesday, August 4th at 5 p.m. Pacific for our membership community, Momentum Mamas. If you're not familiar, Momentum Mamas is my membership community that I've been running for three years now. I know, three years. It's a long time. I keep running it because it's real freaking awesome. It is an amazing place for you to connect with other moms. Within Momentum Mamas, you get ongoing coaching with me with group coaching, and there's even a track this time to get one-on-one coaching with me, and you get actionable steps to help you immediately start up-leveling different areas of your life. You are also entering a judgment-free zone where you can show up and share openly and honestly within this community. You're going to have connection and support from other moms who want to get to know you and cheer for you as you work toward all your goals. And you're going to be inspired and motivated to take courageous action in order to get what you really want out of this time of your life. Also, there'll be deep dives into therapeutic conversations that are going to help you reset your mindset around your self-limiting beliefs. This is a magical place where magical things happen. And if you don't believe me, you can go read our members' experiences. If you go to shamelessmom.com slash momentum, you'll get everything you need to know about Momentum Mamas, and you'll get to read some of our members' personal experiences and stories in terms of what they've gotten out of this membership community. I would love for you to join us. And like I said, enrollment is only open for a short time. So pop over to shamelessmom.com slash momentum to get yourself enrolled today. Enrollment probably won't open up again until 2022. And I don't want you to miss this opportunity. So go to shamelessmom.com slash momentum to go check it out and get signed up. And then I'll see you inside Momentum Mamas. Can you talk a little bit? So tell us about Rebel and I know your mental health journey, everything you've shared with us to this point has been, you know, the laying the groundwork to launch Rebel. So can you talk about what it's all about? Yeah, for sure. So we started literally while I was on maternity leave with my second baby before I was experiencing depression. So I had an acquaintance of mine come over, which visitors when you have a new baby is like the best. So she and I decided we both really love supporting entrepreneurs, especially women entrepreneurs. And we just wanted to do something that did that. But at the time, I wasn't subscribing to the hype of like, here's how you be successful, which is what I saw a lot of events and entrepreneurial focused content doing at the time. I was just interested in the stories of other women that are doing interesting things. So that has been the foundation of everything we do. I just want to hear from interesting women that have different experiences and what makes them tick and what they've learned along the way. So it started as a conference. We just got local entrepreneurial community together in Richmond, Virginia. And since then, that was in 2017, we've continued to like double down on it. Like how do we just fill rooms with amazing women? Because when you fill a room with amazing women, who knows what will happen, but it's always a good thing. So we've expanded into a membership community, which locally is essentially a networking group. We have a chapter in Richmond, Virginia, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and one in Maryland and conferences and also our swell group, which is essentially like the next level of realizing that there are so many women, especially professional women and leaders that don't have what I call a wolf pack. Mm -hmm. So my good girl group is my wolf pack and they're all different. They all work in totally different industries, different jobs. Like I said, most of them don't have children. They're from different places. And I 
just value their insight into any problem, whether it's professional and personal. And so that's what we want to provide for women with our swell groups. So like I said, I just get to hang out with awesome women all day and facilitate conversations between them. You know, there's plenty of data out there that shows when women control wealth, communities get better. Mm -hmm. So that's like underneath of it, my mission, but it's not enough for women to just control wealth if they are miserable and depleted and burnt out and not supported. So I want them to feel the support of their community in order for them to then be able to do amazing things in our community as a larger collective. Absolutely. How do you hope that things are going to be, it's funny when you said like, oh, I have events and live events and annual events. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking like, this all sounds (laughs) so dreamy because like what we took so for granted. And so how do you hope things will be different as we move into this next phase with the pandemic? And how do you, I'm wondering, like, what are you thinking specifically around how women connect and the need Mm -hmm. for connection? Like we need to do things in person, first of all, like that goes without saying, But what do you also think about like things continuing to be virtual? I'm curious. Yeah. So we are adopting a hybrid model. And that was always the plan when we had started our organization that we would have some offering and connection opportunity online and some in person because there really is space for both. And there's a need for both. I think the thing that I'm personally taking away through post-pandemic life is just I'm so intentional And my priorities are like rock solid. And so when I think about like connecting with other women, I have to make sure that these events are providing opportunities for connection. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a matter to like be in the room, like to feel connected is different than just be in the room. So I know that many introverts are probably like so annoyed now that they have to go see people in person again, (laughs) which I totally understand. But there is there is value in yeah. that like accidental conversation that happens in person that's harder to happen online. I have but, to say, I'm the person who goes to, I'm an extrovert, but I go to events and I'm uh, like, I do not need any more friends. Like I don't have time. Right? I go in with those like very snobby, like I'm here to learn. Yeah. I am not here to build relationships. And then I leave with like three new best friends. <laughs> and I know I'm like, I'm skipping the rest of the sessions to hang out with my new best friends. I know it's <laughs> a thing. I'm the like, same I mean, connection way. is inevitable, but you don't know the value till you've tasted it, you know? Totally. Yeah. Well, and I'm like, at this point, I'm the opposite now that I go because I want to meet people. I'm interested in the conversations I'm going to have in line to get coffee. Those to me are usually more interesting than the speakers on the We would do really well in the coffee line together. Oh my gosh. I crush a coffee line. I will literally be friends with everyone. Um, I feel like yeah. my child is very soon going to be embarrassed about like how I manage a line because I'm like oh. just friendly to everyone. And in my mind, I'm like modeling good social skills to him, but he's no. eight. And I, it's a matter of months before he's going to be like, mom, just stop with like Mortified. making friends with everyone. Well, at Trader Joe's. I, I was literally talking to someone how I'm grateful that we're starting to not wear masks at grocery stores, mostly just because I want to banter with the checkout mm-hmm. people. And I missed that. And Boy. definitely we are on the same page of like, my children are going to be so annoyed, but <laughs> that's literally my job. Hello. Right. 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 <laughs> so look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously. And six, one, since that matters. And What do I even say other than, hey, (sighs) 
Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Tell us how the pandemic has shifted our relationships and how can we make sure we're still investing in relationships coming out of this phase of isolation? Well, I think if you're lucky during the pandemic, you got really narrow and you had really strong relationships with like a small group of people that were your support system through. Mm-hmm. And I say, you got to hold on to that still, because now you know who your people are in a crisis. Cause we just weathered that. What I think is like the next step is getting back into the habit of meeting and connecting with new people. Mm-hmm. If you don't continue to make it an effort and make it intentional to meet people who are different than you, then you're really going to be at a disservice just for personal fulfillment's sake. Like I really try to put myself out there in circles and communities of people who are not exactly the same as me because I know my experience. I'm here to learn about other people's experience. I think it makes me a better business owner. It makes me a better mom. It makes me a better human. Absolutely. I also think that, I think that those connections are like, that's where the magic is. Totally. It can be validating to meet people who are like you because it can feel like it affirms who you are, but for your eyes to be open to someone who has had a different lived experience or who sees the world just in a completely different way can create a space for empathy and compassion and leadership and all sorts of things that like it shifts who you are and it shifts how you connect with everyone. And that's, oh my gosh, like that's where the magic is. Yeah, totally. So it will tell us about live events. Do you have live events scheduled for this upcoming year? It's happening. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we actually had our first cocktail party like a week ago. It was amazing. I thought I was going to be exhausted afterwards, but unfortunately the opposite happened and I couldn't sleep because I was so excited. It was great. I got to meet a bunch of people that I had only met on the internet and it was our first time meeting in person and everyone's taller than I thought they were. Uh, That was interesting. Um, Um, I have made friends with someone this year who in my mind was like five, two. And she recently told me she was six feet. And I was like, wait, hold on. Like you changed our relationship. (laughs) I know I had a coach that I worked with during the pandemic and we had worked together for like months. And then one day she stood up and I was like, whoa. And she's like, oh yeah, it was like a division one volleyball player. I'm six, two. I was like, holy cannoli. I love it. Awesome. So yeah. So that (laughs) happened. Cocktail party. Everyone was tall that we like, we shut the place down. Like they were literally kicking us out at the end. And I was like, I don't even care. So that was really fun. We're planning a conference, our our first conference post pandemic this November. It feels so good. It feels so good to plan just with so much more intention than we ever have planned with before. And we've hosted five in-person conferences and two or three online. 
we just have so much more clarity of what's important, what's not important. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. So yeah, no, we're back. We're doing it both. We're doing online workshops still and in-person events. And then how are you going to continue taking care of yourself and your mental health? And like, you've been through, like we're coming out of this season. I was just talking about this the other day on doing a Facebook live. Like we're coming out of this season where we can give ourselves this false sense of like, where it's fine now. (laughs) It's fine. And the truth is, and Brene Brown talked about, oh my gosh, I think it's Jim Collins. Some quote that made me really mad where Jim Collins said like, everything is always unpredictable and you can never control anything and evolution is constant. And like everything that a control freak would not want to hear was in this quote. And I was like, <laughs> damn it, Brene Brown and Jim Collins, because you're yeah, so they're right. ganging up on you. That's yeah, they're totally ganging up. And <laughs> coming out of this pandemic, I feel like we have this false sense of like, everything's going to be like stable now and predictable. And we can stop having to figure everything out. And the truth is like, no, that's actually not how the world works. <laughs> We're still going to have to be well, all that. Lucky for me, my anxiety does not allow me to go to that place where I ever feel safe and secure. So I'm fine. I'm fine. (laughs) I'll just be over here worrying about all the worst case scenarios. Totally. Well, honestly, so the first workshop that we did in this post pandemic time was setting and holding boundaries. And the whole purpose was for us to find clarity of like, okay, What are the habits and like essentially coping mechanisms that we found really useful during the pandemic? Mm -hmm. And what are the things that we had to do that we really don't want to have to do anymore? And even just getting clear on that, I think makes me feel so much more confident going into this next phase, which is exactly what it is. It's a phase with a better idea of like, okay, what do I really want? What did I use when I was really stressed? Like, can I keep hold of that? And what are the things that I literally had to do because it was a crisis and I don't actually need to do those things anymore. So I'm just going like the summer is like phase A and then we'll see what the fall phase looks like. I think things are ever evolving and so must be our self-care and the way we take care of our mental health. So, yes, I love that. I mean, I think that's a really great place for us to start wrapping this up is that like, absolutely to recognize that this is what I'm doing for this season. And this is working for this season. And I will address the next season when I get there and it might look the same and it might look different and I'll manage that when I get there. And I've proven that I can manage it in the past. And so I'll be able to manage it again. (laughs) Ta-da. So easy, right? So easy, right? It's just a formula. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For sure. No wild cards in that That equation. (laughs) Tell us how you're currently showing up as a shameless mom. I mean, that's my whole life. My whole life is as a shameless mom. I think one day on the playground, I saw this woman with a baby strapped on and she looked like she had her shit together. And I was like, wait a minute. She's just doing this for the first time too. She doesn't know what she's doing. I don't know what I'm doing. None of us know what we're doing. So like, once you just accept that, then you can be shameless forever. For sure. I don't know if you've had this experience. How long have you been in the entrepreneurial space? Mm, Like, 10 years. Okay. So same. I, well, I'm a little longer, but I won't tell you, make you realize how old I am. So anyway, (laughs) but you've been in long enough to have this realization. So I used to think that like the coaches that I learned from and like basically anyone who got on a stage, I was like, Oh, like they finally figured it all out. And so they made it. Yes. Like someday I'll be them and I'll be like, it's all figured out and a plus B equals C and it'll be done. And I can like, it will be so simple. 
And then as I worked with different coaches over time and I started to see these cracks and I was like, they do not have things figured out. Like they are flying by the seat of their pants as much as I am. They're just maybe really rich doing it. Yes. This realization was like somewhat, it gave me hope that I could get on stage one day. And also I was like, oh shoot, like I'm always going to be having to figure things out. Like you're never arrived. So anywhere where you're looking, where you're like, oh, that mom has it all figured out or this person at the office has it all figured out or my sister-in-law has it all figured out. No, they don't. And if they looks like they do, they're either better at faking it or they just have a different way of showing up in the world that like you can't quite see their cracks, but they're there. Or they're in total denial. That too. Which there's many people that I've met that are there and I'm like, man, I wish I could be like that. (laughs) Right, right. Let me give you some words. Let me give you some bad things to think yes. about. <laughs> I'm like, hello. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Shannon, this has been so fun. Where can people find you, connect with you, find out about your events and all that good stuff? Oh, awesome. Well, readytorebel.com is our website and at ready to rebel on the old Instagram. My Instagram handle is S Suriano. So all of those places you can find and connect with us. Perfect. So we will link that all up in the show notes. So if you go to shamelessmom.com and click on the episode with Shannon Siriano Greenwood, you will get able, uh, you will be able to click through to her website, social media, all the good stuff. Oh my goodness, Shannon, this was so fun. I'm super excited to hear more about your live events as you roll them out. As soon as we're done recording here, I'm going to ask you more questions. So Yay, let's do it. Like, let's just chat behind the scenes. So I just so <laughs> appreciate you being here and please keep us posted and updated on what you're doing and how we can continue to give opportunities to shameless moms to tap into rebel. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mamas, before I let you go, don't forget to pop on over to shamelessmom.com slash momentum to check out all the goodies that come inside of our Momentum Mamas membership. I would love to have you join us. I would love to help you grow and learn and connect with other mamas and see what kind of magical transformations could come into your life over the next year. Go over to shamelessmom.com slash momentum to grab your spot before enrollment closes on Wednesday, August 4th at 5 p.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. That will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.
when it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.